so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Hello and welcome to the Marseille View. I'm Stefan and it's a small crew tonight, so for this episode. I'm joined by Ben. It's just the two of us. Ben, how are you? Yeah, the skeleton crew. Uh, <laughs> um, I, yes, good, good in general, but um, gutted about about the team at the minute. But we'll get into that in a sec. I mean, um, it's, it's a weird period, isn't it? Really. Yeah, I agree. It's a bit of a kind of um, purgatory, isn't it? It's a bit of a sort of nothing period we're in right now. But we'll yeah, yeah we'll get to that later. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it feels like everybody's on holiday already, but no. Yeah, yeah. I think looking, maybe looking forward to, like, like the rest of the country here and in France, everyone's just looking forward to getting maybe their summer holidays. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so for today's episode, um, we'll cover the, the last couple of games. So last week's draw with Strasbourg and this weekend's defeat to Saint-Étienne. Um, and I think we're about 10 games in from not mistaken, to Sam Pauli's um, tenure at Marseille. So we'll spend a few minutes analysing his progress as well after those two games. And as we've had some interesting developments regarding transfers, we'll discuss all the latest arrivals. So we'll spend a bit of time actually maybe today talking about the Mercato um, as um, the games were so dire <laughs> so much dross <laughs> in the actual pitch so yeah maybe that will kind of cheer us up a little bit but we'll have a particular focus on the departing Florian Tovan um, which is probably the big news of the last week so yeah we'll, we'll, we'll do a little segment on him um, indeed okay so starting off with the fixture last week it was a game against Strasbourg and um I should say this finished as a 1-1 draw, um, so Marseille actually went behind and in sort of typical fashion under Sampali we were able to pull a late goal back. Um, I would, I mean, just to say like my sort of feeling about this game, overview of this game is just that it seemed like we were sort of slowly creeping back to those kind of stale, sort of sluggish performances. It, it felt like one where we never really woke up, did we? Or at least not until it was kind of too late. Um, and definitely a poorer performance than the ones that we discussed in the previous podcast. You know, it feels like a little bit like a regression, wouldn't you say? Definitely, yeah. And <clears throat> sadly, it's regression into a frame of mind and a, and a, and a state of mind for the, for the squad and the players. Um, but it's also... You know, you can sort of feel that the tense, you know, how tense and frustrated Sampoli is, 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 is um, 
you know, after after what we saw the the, the weeks before and um, the sort of revival and, and the fact that we were putting together some nice attacking moves and <laughs> even though that there was the, the trend already of having to concede to wake the fuck up, but at least we were trying to play football and we were trying to string passes together. We were trying to get Lirola involved on the wing. Um, and, and we were trying to combine in the middle, get Payet in shooting positions or Minic. And Strasbourg and, and Saint-Étienne yesterday, it was just, it's just dire. It's just sterile. There's, there's nothing um, to, to, to really pick out, even, even less so from the Strasbourg game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think it's just because um, the season's coming to a close that we're starting to see things like that? Or do you think it was um, maybe more about a uh, sort of mental issue within the squad? Maybe, or maybe even fatigue? I don't know. I'm just trying to work out what happened because we kind of podcasted, I think, a couple of weeks back on the back of two straight victories and we were feeling maybe a little bit more positive. Like, there was some good and bad, but... Um, certainly some signs of um, something to build upon and it just felt like with that game we just you know we kind of lost that momentum so yeah I'm just wondering Completely. what you think might, might, might be the cause you think it's a, a tired I think it's all of the above I think it's everything yeah. you've listed um, and I, I think we discussed it already a couple of weeks ago with, with Tomash that Fitness wise, I, I, I you know I, I blame AVB and we, we said it last time that the players did not have never looked fit all at the same time, never looked in peak condition, apart from the arrivals that weren't here in pre-season. No, no other players looked in peak peak condition. So there's probably a bit of fatigue, probably a bit of um, you know feeling the training regime now, um, feeling the, 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 you know, the, the sort of, as you say, the slump because the end of the season's coming. And, you know, sadly, because, because we know the contractual situations of, of some players, Tovar's on his way out. Sakai has now been confirmed to be leaving as well today. Um, uh, Germain's out of contract, but he's, he's not even participated in any game since Sampoli joined, but still. Um, and and then you have, you know, rumours, Camara, he, he came out a couple of weeks ago or three weeks ago, did a pre-game interview about his future. You know, I'm still here for now. We'll see what happens in the summer. And and since since he picked himself up, that, that press conference, I think he's been absolutely terrible in midfield. Um, so I think there's yeah there's a lot of, of mental things playing on their heads as well, which is am I going to be here next season? You know, if I don't get Europa League, oh shit! You know, um, oh, well, is it worth playing the, the the new European Cup and and the fatigue and and the end of season and oh, it's just it's just as usual fragility. Do you think we actually deserved a draw in that game? Because I was kind of over the feeling that. I think we were kind of lucky, you know, to to pull a draw back. I just, I, I don't know. I just, yeah, we, I, I was thinking about the, the 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 side, and I just, I don't really think that anyone particularly played that well, you know. So yeah, no, I no, think... it, was, it was nothingness. Again, it was just, it was even. And the thing is, you know, we were praising Lirola last time, and you you have to hand it to the guy. He has, you know, been a, a shining beacon of of, of hope and, and actual trying to make things happen on the attacking front and defensively has improved a lot as well but obviously opponent coaches were going to suss it out they were going to stop blocking him they were going to figure out that he was the main outlet and Strasbourg did that very well down, down their left side so he couldn't get forward um, Tovar has been, has been diabolical for weeks 
Um, and now we know because his head's not here anymore. But he, he, he just does that thing where he gets the ball back in the middle of the park, which is where he's playing now. And he just, he just runs. I, I, I find myself shouting at the TV, fucking pass the ball, play simply. And he always tries to run, out, run off with it and take on two, one or two men before passing it. And it's like, ah, oh. you know, the, 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 and you can tell Sampaoli that he's, he cuts a frustrated figure because that's clearly not the game plan, clearly not the instructions. And the players just aren't, aren't following the plan, which is leading to us com, you know, complicating games for ourselves by conceding the first goal every fucking game. And it... There comes a point you sort of look at it and go, well, you know, did we we had more chances in yesterday's game than we did against Kazbor, but we found the equaliser against Kazbor. And um, I have to say, and, and I don't know if we'll go in detail as we usually do with tops and flops and stuff, but for me, the top over the only top over both games was Luis Enrique. He got an assist last week for the equaliser, and and yesterday is the only one who looked like he could take players on who wanted to get into the opposition box and try and cross it back or take a shot. And he did that a few times yesterday. I was quite impressed with him yesterday. But everyone else, dog shit. Absolutely below par performances. Yeah, I think um, maybe... Yeah, I would agree. I think the whole 11 were poor, but I think maybe some players were particularly poor. Maybe um, Alvaro? To be honest, I didn't think he was particularly good in that game. I think he was, um, yeah, just Balardi as well. Yeah, yeah, but to to be honest, I've not been really that impressed with any of the central defenders um, recently. But um, it it looks like they 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 just don't like and can't adapt to that three at the back. It doesn't. They they still look lost. Ten games in. Yeah, absolutely, and it's the same problems that we are talking about every game, and I think we'll come on to this with the the Santa Ten game is that just that high line and how much they're struggling, um, and it just seems to play into the hands of league and early league opponents, you know. Um, especially, just, yeah, especially ones that play on the break, yeah. Abs- which is everyone in France, actually. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so. Yeah, it's just not really looking great, and you sort of wonder whether though that the coach maybe needs to rethink that and and play a different system then because if it's not working, doesn't suit the players and in the in the the, the league that we're playing in, then yeah, just what. But anyway, we can come to San Paoli, um yep. later. Um, but yeah, I would I would say like I thought Alvaro was particularly bad. I Hi, wasn't great. I see Hongi actually we were kind of quite excited about Hongi's appearance and the Well he, he came on against Dijon, game. didn't he? I yeah. mean, let's face it. <laughs> it was Dijon and we have to we have to remember that yes, we praised him for, for coming on and making an impact, but it was only Dijon, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I don't really have a top movie. Um, Enrique, yeah, I guess we could probably name Benedetto just for the fact he finally scored a goal, um, which was a positive, <laughs> even though he's not going to stick around for much longer. But um, yeah, so I think um, on that note, maybe we'll just um, say to wrap up with this game, just like what kind of takeaways you might have had coming out of the Strasbourg game. Well, I think it's a takeaway of these, both these fixtures more in general. But, but the fact is, we, know, we knew Lance were playing PSG and Lille in, in, the, in, the, in the other fixtures. So, so the door was wide open for us to cement fifth place with at least four points from those two games. Because we'd be four points ahead of Lance. 
we'd have a healthier goal difference and there's only two games left now and you'd sort of think, you know, Marseille, Marseille will do, you know, they, they, we've got it in the bag now, it's hard to lose. But the, the takeaway is, and, and it's the same with yesterday, is knowing that, where was the fucking motivation? Where where was the desire to go and, you know, do we want European football? Do these players want it? it, it that's what it comes across as. It's, Jesus, it's there for the taking, but whether it's us, Rennes or Lens, and Lens have been guilty of drawing a few games even before their two last fixtures, you know, nobody seems to want that fifth place. Do you know, I would probably agree with that as much for, like, pick that as well for my takeaway because I think that's, that's yeah, the sort of that's the thing that jumps out at you in these la- and not ju- in the last two games but like we can say for the, the Strasbourg game as well is that we just don't look like we are in we don't look like we're playing for anything don't look like we're you interested, yeah. yeah like you wouldn't know that we're actually like supposed to be fighting for a European spot it doesn't feel like that yet it feels like with the, the squad we're starting to see from that game it looking like a side that thinks the season's already over um so yeah, I would take that. There seems to be a lack of interest, yeah. And and that's moving into the Santa Etienne game. That's kind of what we saw again at the weekend, um, probably even more so, if you could say. Um, I mean, I I think if if we give Santa Etienne some credit, I think they were actually pretty decent. You know, like I think they played quite well, and maybe they're a they're a better opposition than Strasbourg, but. Um, yeah, we came in with a sort of similar sort of lacklustre attitude and lack of kind of desire. Um, now I should say, we for people listening, if you didn't catch the game, we lost that game one now. Um, I think it was a goal from was it Nordan, Nordan, I think from, from Saint Etienne scored late in the first half, and yep. it was deserved, wasn't it? I mean, they from. I mean, I think that Saint Etienne were the better side in the first half. I think that they were causing us lots of problems, um, particularly on the break. Um, and I think quite a lot down our um, right side, if I remember. Boanga, particularly, as always, he's quite a lively player. We, you know, we're just like, we're so high that we were struggling. We, give, we were giving away a lot of sort of ha- maybe half chances, but we just didn't. We didn't look like we had the game under control at all, so I wasn't really surprised that we went down half um, by half time. Um, I never really able to come back into it. I think I never really felt we were going to score. Um, yeah, we never threatened. I mean, the, the game started. They, I think they started. It started a bit tense. You know, it was a bit a lot of giving the ball away for both sides. Then we had a decent sort of five ten minute spell. Well, we put our foot on the ball and we, we, we were, you know, there was a bit of pace, there was a bit of movement, we were trying to, to break. Um, I, there was a particular, I think, opportunity where we're on the break, three against two, Tovar passes it out to Payet and I, I think Payet gets it stuck in his feet or something on the edge of the box. I can't quite remember what he did with it, but th- there was a, a half-decent spell and then we just, uh, we just fell asleep as usual. Absolutely sleepwalking on the pitch. Um, even the whole team on the uh, second half, we, we, we woke up naturally as you would expect after bollocking from, from someone like somebody. But even in the second half, Enrique is the only one who actually woke up and actually fulfilled his role. 
which was bring danger down the left side, pin back Bibushi so they can't attack as much as they did in the first half, and he's the only one who, who, who did his job properly. Yeah, but wouldn't but, you um, see that? Sorry. Well, wouldn't wouldn't you see that we were a little bit guilty of maybe being a little bit too predictable, though that we were constantly giving the ball out to the left to Enrique because he was perhaps the wait, only wait, player wait. that would like he was going to make something happen or perhaps because he keeps making things happen every week he comes on and he creates a goal but yeah I just felt a little yeah, bit like yeah, that was the only idea we yeah. had I think I think well I think the predictability is more for the right side that's a valid point because that's exactly what happened in the first half Buanga was, was really causing issues block, very good blocking of Liora, but also getting in behind and creating danger. Um, and that's that's the predictability thing. You're, you're exactly right. They they knew how to block our main threat of the last few weeks, which means that in the second half, fair play to Sampoli and the team, they realised, right, we've not had any joy down the right. They've sussed it out, go down the left, because, you know, Debussy, 35 years old, Enrico should be able to turn him inside out. But it, it's... <laughs> Even before they scored, it was the, you know as usual. There was a flurry of chances. They had nine corners by half time. You know, and it's no surprise they scored because yes, the, the goal came from a mistake. You could argue, but you know, he, he's got to clear that. He can't at that level. You can't you can't not get the ball in that position. But they were knocking on the door. Mondanda kept it in the game with a couple of, of really good saves before that. And then he almost shot himself again on the back pass where he miscontrolled it with the striker bearing down on him. And it, luckily it goes out for a, goal, uh, a corner. But it, it's just, the, the, the sleepwalking has to stop. You can't play like that in professional football because you know every team will, will want to take a piece of OM, especially Tartitian. I think it's the first time they've done the double of honours in over 40 years. You know, it's just, you know these guys, they've got nothing left to play for. This is all they they look forward to, is, is these big games against the big teams. You know, they they get, they caused PSG a lot of issues when they played them a few weeks ago, and, and we're, we're unlucky to, to not, not get a draw from there. Well, I kind um, of think that we're becoming more and more irrelevant, though, so maybe um, it's going to stop feeling like that soon, that teams are you know, fired <laughs> up to, to, to beat us. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I... I, I don't really know what else to to say about this game. There's just so little happened, to be honest. Um, this, um, I, I think thing, there I, was only two notable incidents, wasn't there? In the second half, was uh, I remember Enrique really coming alive for a good 15-minute period. I think he, 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 he there's a beautiful, um, beautiful sequence where Alvaro plays the ball out to him and he controls it with his left foot and then straight away with his right dribbles, like ghosts past with the bush as if he wasn't there. And he has a decent shot afterwards. And then um, Balerdi, fucking unmarked at the penalty spot, manages to head over. And then there was the, the, the sort of, you know, yellow card, uh, was it a red card, VAR review that was ridiculous. <sighs> they, you know, the, the rules, they, they should be clear cut. If it's not obvious that he catches him, then you remain with your original decision. But you don't, you, how, how long did the refs then checking the monitor more than more than three or four minutes and it's like you can't be doing that if there's not enough evidence clear evidence then you just you just keep the yellow card and play on but again on that on that particular um, passage of play 
Alvaro, you, you can sort of see he could have stuck his foot out and cleared the ball, but he, he sort of tries to stay with his man too much instead of just going in and, and, and booting it out into, into a throw-in. And it, that he puts himself in that dangerous position and the whole team puts themselves in that position. And if I remember yet again, it's, it's from um, Tauvin, I think, or was it Tauvin or um, Payet? giving the possession away cheaply in the opposition half, on, on the edge of our own half. And it's like, oh, you know, we, we're shooting ourselves in the foot constantly by, by not, not, you know, not sort of playing the, the, the pass with enough, with enough um, pace on the ball or trying that dribble too many where you could have just passed it or you could have done something different and controlled it better. There's just too many, too many technical imperfections that are costing us possession and putting us in danger. Yeah, um, I think coming into this game that maybe, I don't want to say there was, uh, there's a distraction, but I think the talking point really over the last few days was, was about Tovan's future. And I, I think it was, it was the case, it was always going to be the case that we were going to be keenly watching how he performed because I think it was a bit of a surprise that he was in the lineup. I think some people, some of us expected that he might be um, benched for the rest of the season maybe now that he's not staying um, but he was in the start of the living and how do you think he performed I know he had like one chance in, I think in the first half didn't he where he nearly scored um, sort of typical Tovan effort where he sort of cuts in on his left and shoots and he kind of just skipped past the post but apart from that opportunity like he was pretty rubbish wasn't he <laughs> He, 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 I mean, we, we discussed it, didn't we, last time? We analysed it a bit, and I, I did try and make some excuses for him. I remember saying, you know, he's been put there so that Payet can shine in, in, in the inside forward position, and, you know, he's doing the dirty work and all of that. And I think we, we, we were saying, I think, that night that, that some of the criticism was probably a bit harsh, and, you know, he made mistakes, but he still, I think he got an assist against Dijon, or, or, or he wasn't as bad as people were making out. But, it's just been dire against Hasbro. He's useless in that position. And and I, I I know for a fact every time he gets the ball, he is going to try and dribble. He just he he just seems incapable of playing that one touch. Put it you know play it back to my partner so he can play someone else in. He he's he's always had that sort of you know hero syndrome where he's got to be the main guy. And and then on top of that. You know who he reminds me of? His, his style of playing, his style of running. Now, he reminds me of, of Alessandrini. He just reminds me of this guy that when he gets the ball, he puts his head down and run, tries to run towards the goal and, and get past anybody in his way. Yeah, OK. Um, yeah, I guess so. I, I, know, I suppose I never really... I think, yeah, maybe because it's like... With that, the, the, they're both kind of limited in that, that, that sense. So that's kind of where they felt confident is they've got a good left foot. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah. you know, we'll, we'll come on to his case when, when we when we discuss his, his transfer. But you you just can't you just can't perform like that away to a team that you know is up for it, and and especially when you knew Lance had been battered by Lille, you know, two days before. That should that should you know you you've missed the, the first chance against Strasbourg, and and you you know the message mentally the players should be right, boys. You know, we we have to be up for this game because this will give us really solid position, and then we can maybe take it easy in the next home game, 
um, and, and you know, not have to uh, not have to, to to play out of our socks. You know, one last hurrah, one last push, um, and, and it's just it is not there, is it? It is complete. The motivation is absent. I just sort of wonder whether the players are interested in the Europa League next year. If it's, you know, maybe it just isn't appealing, or maybe there's a lot of players in the squad that not thinking they're going to be there next year, perhaps. Yeah. Um, so it could be that, but it just doesn't seem but, to but be what, that desire. So what, they're not keen on the Europa League? What are they keen on? The Champions League? It didn't look like they were this season. Well, the last time we were in the Europa League, we got absolutely battered, didn't we? So. Well, it was, it was that horrid season with Gatia, yeah. But, but still, you know, if you think you're worth Champions League football, you've got to show it on the fucking pitch. And... We got battered in Europe, and, and that should have been a wake-up call, and hopefully it was for some of these players, but you're not all that. You, you know, you've still got work to do, notably Camara and, and some of us, and Payet and Sylvain especially, thinking, you know, oh, if I, if I do well in Champions League, then, you know, Sylvain's probably thinking a big club will come in for him, whatever. He, he was one of our worst performers in the Champions League. And it's, it's shocking, isn't it, that... that I, you're right, maybe they don't fancy it, but then what do they fancy? No, no European football at all? Well, sorry, that's not what we want for, uh, at OM. We want to play European football, so fuck off if you don't want it. Of course. I, do you know, I, I just sort of, sort of wondering earlier whether it's... And maybe this is a little bit... Um, uh, maybe this is a little bit left field to, to think this, but I just sort of wonder whether the... <laughs> All the rumours and discussion over the last six months about possible takeovers and just all the change going on in the club, whether maybe that maybe it's just destabilised things a little bit. Maybe this players don't really know what's going on, what what the future is for the club, whether they're part of it or not. Maybe it just feels a little bit kind of. Um, Misty, I guess, a little bit unclear, and maybe that's just created a problem where now you've got players that just so many players that just don't know if they're part of the project and they don't know what the project is. Now, I know that the club are quite um, ad- adamant that the that's you know that there isn't any seal that they've got their project, you know, Longoria's got his plan and all that, but I think even then, it's still. We're all a bit kind of not sure what it really looks like, you know. Maybe um, mm. it's a little bit less certain than maybe a few seasons ago. When uh, so yeah, I just I don't know. Maybe there's well, there's been it's been kinda... a turbulent season. There's been so much turmoil. There's been you know the the, the whole AVB, the Champions League campaign, the, the empty stadium, you know the the, the incidents with the fans, Ero leaving, Longoria taking his place, new manager. You know, it's been it's been a, it's been a really eventful season off the pitch and on the pitch, and yeah, it takes its toll mentally. So it, it you know some of them, and and Mbappe even more so. I think in recent weeks you could just see the mental fatigue. They, they they just want to get this season out of the way, and then go away and and forget about it. You know, and and the problem is that happened. This that's happened too many times with this squad. There's too many players in this squad that have been around and that have, have, have done this before, have completely down tools with two different managers now. And now that they're starting to do it with a third one again. And it's like, no, we can't accept this anymore. And it's time for an overhaul. Um, okay, um, I think we're kind of like 
naturally going towards discussing the coach, but before we uh, do that, yeah, I wanted just, to. Um, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say before we do that, just I wanted to just pick a couple of tops and flops and takeaways because I think there was some individual performances that I just wanted to mention. So I'll just go first, right? I'll just say my tops and flops. Um, I'm kind of feeling that I've forgotten who I was going to mention. Um, the obvious one for a flop is Balerdi. I think he didn't have a great game. He made that really, really bad error that led to the goal. Um, Another thing Balerdi's been doing, and, and I, I, I watched the game with Alban yesterday, I was pointing it out constantly. Whenever he's marking someone and the ball comes to him, his hands are all over the player. You know, it's it's casual schoolboy thing where you, where you're taught very young. You don't you know don't hold players, don't defend by holding, don't push, don't put your hands in the back. So you'll get done. And he, he got, I think he, he you know he drew fouls a couple of times for it. But it's it's that it's that compensating by being overly aggressive on the man rather than reading the play better and, and intercepting the pass before it gets to him, which is you know again. I think that he's probably the one that has, has improved the most in, in this system of three defenders, but he's still showing limitations and he, he's gonna, we're going to need a safe pair of hands to play in that defence next season because he's not the answer to, 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 you know, to be the main man. No, no, he's, he's definitely too erratic, isn't he? Um, the, yeah, so I was thinking, I thought it was interesting, like... Um, Pyatt, for example, like I quite a few free kicks I remember, and I just sort of feel like he's not really scoring them anymore. It's been a long Did one time. One of them, one of them hit the post, didn't, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just like I don't know. I just think maybe think about maybe giving him a milk or something. Like, yeah. So the well, the, so the, the last free kick Pyatt scored was in 2017. Well, there you go. Four um, over four years ago. Why is he still taking them? Tovan so went exactly. crazy in the first half. Nice free kick, but it was just wide. Milik took them at Ajax. He's taken a yeah. bit Napoli, and it's like hand over the keys because you're clearly you've lost the magic, mate. Let someone else take have a go. Yeah, um, and top. I think probably Luis Enrique just for his effort. Um, what about you? Have you got anything? Any thoughts, tops or flops? The, the same as you. Um, exactly the same as you, and, and the, the analysis is the same. Um, I would add Alvaro, and I, I'm getting a bit of a... Um, it's, it's starting to really irritate me. Um, I, he, he not, he's annoyed me for quite a while, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, this whole bad boy, you know, hacking down Neymar thing, yeah, that's fun for, for the PSG game, but... You you know you still you, you've still got to be a professional footballer and, and play and and you know have what you've you've got to you've got to walk the walk you know he talks the talk and he doesn't walk the walk and I'm I'm getting I'm I'm starting to see through the masquerade where he does this social media shit and posts all these you know Aliloem Guerrier you know fighters fighting spirit Grinta blah 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 but mate. You know, I think he's very intelligent. He's sussed out what we what the fans want to hear, and he's playing the he's playing the part, he's playing the role. But he needs to show that on the pitch. If if he if he acts like a leader off of it, and people saying, oh, you know, we'd want him as captain. Some people were even saying a few months ago. Well, no, I'm sorry, I'm not showing any leadership on the pitch. Where was he yesterday? You know, his his own performances are, are, have been erratic of late, and. 
you know, why is it? I, I, I never hear him. I don't get the impression he shouts or that he tries to encourage his teammates or, or motivate them or, or like, you know, grab anybody by the scruff of the neck. And he, he just seems like he's completely out of his depth in recent games. And I'm starting to be annoyed at this double act, which is, you know, at some point you're gonna, we're going to start seeing through you because you, you can't say things and then not follow up on the pitch with, 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 you know, with actions. So it's really starting to, to rub me off the wrong way. Yeah. Um, okay, takeaways quickly. Um, shall I go first? I'll just say my sure. takeaway is um, that this team appears to have given up several games too early. Um from the end of the season, so I, I think we'll probably still get Europa League, but I just feel like we've, the momentum's lost, and you can. It's clear that it's time for some changes in the summer. What were you? Probably the same. Yeah, I think it just echoes your last sentence. It's um, you know, if, if anybody had any doubts over what what San Paolo's trying to do, and I think he he even said it in his post-match conference saying. He, he referenced his first, first press conference when he arrived and he said, remember I told you some players would adapt quickly to the system, others would take time and some wouldn't adapt at all. Um, and he said not only are, are, the ones that are, are some of them not adapting to the system, but some of them don't seem to realise what, what this jersey means and, and, and the level of performance that's expected at this club. And that's you know, very harsh laying into them, but you can do that when when you're in charge of, of the, the upcoming transfer window and you're going to be the one who, who gets rid of people and says, you're not good enough, I'm going to replace you, and the people leaving as well, the, of, the, of their own accord. So, yeah, the, the takeaway is that sadly, this system, and as you, as you mentioned with the high line defensively and the back three and stuff, the, the, the takeaway for me from the last two games is, is we, we, we're not going to be able to play that very well with the current squad and it needs an overhaul. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um, so okay, so we can probably um, move into the topic about San Paoli then, because we've kind of sort of naturally gone there. So I think we're about ten games into his his uh, management, and um, yeah, just like wanted to sort of reflect on what our impressions are so far. How do we think things have gone? Does it seem like it's going in the right direction. <laughs> um, seems a bit of a stupid question, given what we've just talked, said about the games. But well, yeah. well, it was a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I think I think you, you you highlighted it, didn't you? You, you said, yeah, I enjoyed the games and, and it was good. I, I start, you know, I'm starting to feel some emotion, and <clears throat> you know, starting to see that we're, we're, we're trying and we're playing attacking football and. We're having a go at it, and there is a tactical system in place. And, but sadly, that's all fallen apart again. Yeah, I, I, do you know what? I'm going to be a bit miserable and just say that, and maybe this is just because of the last couple of games, but I, I, I think maybe it's been there the whole time. I'm a bit worried that it's not really coming alive. I, I'm a bit worried that it's not going to be any better than what the little bits that we've seen you know, those little bursts within, you know, 10 minutes a game. I'm just worried that we might, it just might not be working out. Um, and I know it's kind of unfair to, to make that judgment right now because he's not had a uh, pre-season or anything with him and he's not got the squad that he necessarily 
wants, but I mean, is he going to get the squad that he wants because we've got no money? Um, <laughs> so yeah, but I don't know. I'm just feeling a little bit underwhelmed. Um, I like I appreciate that there's some nice things, but there's still lots of not so good things. And as you know, in the last two games, we showed where we've looked really flat. Um, it just doesn't look doesn't look positive. It doesn't. I'm struggling to see this team developing into a great team, and I wonder how high the ceiling for Marseille is with Sampaoli. I wonder is is the best he's going to be able to do produce a team that's um, going to play some nice football in parts and maybe. Hover around fourth, fifth place, third, fourth, fifth, sixth place, or is he going to be able to build a team that can, you know, cement themselves within the top three, or even challenge for trophies, or, or is it going to be a disaster? I don't know. I I feel I just I'm feeling like it's the first of those options. I'm just feeling like what we're getting right now, fighting for a Europa League place. I'm just worried that that's probably about as much as we'll get even with a full season. Um, and that's partly him, maybe him, or it's partly because of the project. Um, I don't know, but I'm just not... See- I'm feeling a bit negative about it right now. I, I agree. I, I, yeah, to an extent, that there is that creeping doubt. But I think that's, that's massively part down to um, this crop of players. Um, you know, they, they're just not... I don't think they can adapt to this system the same way when Yelito arrived, he had to get rid of quite a few of them. Um, and he, he really had to drill it into players during pre-season and stuff. So I think I, I will give him the benefit of the doubt and see once we've had a pre-season and if he does get some of his his, his you know his personnel in. But, I mean, he, when so he's arrived, I think we've had, what, six wins, one draw, two defeats since he joined. So, they, you know, it's not a bad record. But it's not good enough to 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 play, you know, the, the the main, you know, the leading part in the league and and challenge for the league or challenge for Champions League. It, you know, it'd be a struggle even with that sort of um, point tally. Um, I think I think he's one of those coaches. He strikes me a bit like a Conte and a Simeone, where it's mainly about aggression and it's mainly about you know sort of leading by example with with, with the desire and wanting it more. And then the tactical stuff is, it's not secondary, but you know, if you, if you get the ball back high up the pitch, then you're in a better position to counter-attack and, and, and catch your opponent out. I think he's one of those, like Simeone Conte, he needs, his, he needs a relay on the pitch, you know? And that's why we're being linked to, to Vidal today. And we've been linked to him ever since San Pauli rumours started, but... You know, I think he would be the perfect one to, to relay that that mentality and, and that level of expectation of, of performance level to you know to bully his partners and say, oh, fucking you know, start running, start you know, start trying to win the ball back. Let's 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 show some more aggression, guys. Let's get stuck in for fuck's sake. We need we need to to want it. We need to be hungry for it. And and because he doesn't have that, and on top of that, all of the all of the players that are that are leaving on the free and the, and the other players that are being linked with, with departures. You know, I just think that the players have only part responded to it because, they, they, you know, there's, there's part of it, you know, pride and 
having to prove that you, you can cut it at a club like OM and end the season on the high and stuff. But as you said, I think a few are realising that actually, you know, there is an unsettled climate around the club. Is it, is, it, is, it, is it about to be sold? Is it not? Are they going to play a part next year? Have they done enough to impress him? There's players here on loan. Are we going to be able to keep them? Can we afford to buy them? Or can we get another extension on their loans? And that whole uncertainty is contributing, I think, to, to, to the fact that the players aren't, you know, aren't, are struggling on the pitch. And I, I do trust him because, you know, he's honest, to come out, honest enough to come out and say the players aren't playing, aren't doing the plan. This isn't what we rehearsed in training. And there seems to be a problem between doing it in training and then doing it on the pitch on the day. And I think that will change with an influx of, of, of professionals the same way that if we had a Luis Gustavo type player or, or Luis Gustavo himself, and, and this was two years ago, I think he would have been perfect for San Paoli because he would probably have given him the armband and said, you're the leader on the pitch, you're in charge, you're the most experienced player, I want you to, you know, I want you to, to dictate to these boys what we expect when we play for this club. And he doesn't have that. And then tactically, whilst I remember we praised him in the first few games because he was, he, he did, we have to look back and you have to admit, you know, yes, he made the substitutions, the fact that he made substitutions full stop, which we all got frustrated. AVB would never mix it up until too late. Lachier was was fucking clueless. So him coming in and, and when we're losing, he changes the system, but he also changes the players and subs off three players, for example. But the fact that, that there was an instant impact from Cuisance those two times and then Enrique as well, that was, that was a bit lucky, you know? Yes, it was good coaching to, to make the subs in, at, at that time in the game, but there's a big part of luck as well associated to that. And maybe, well, definitely, we all, we all obviously got carried away a bit, a bit, as we always do with this club. So... I think he. I, I just think that he needs more time, but he needs the right players that are going to respond to his regime, his methodology, his tactics, and that's why he will need someone like a Vidal and probably a never experienced player in, in defence that has either worked with him before, or worked with a Bielsa, or worked with a Simeone, or someone like that, and, and who will, who will, you know, who will have that never say die attitude. And until that happens, it's just going to be a struggle. Yeah, I'd probably agree that those kind of that profiles are what we need. But I, I mean, I don't particularly want another defensive midfielder because we've got two really good or really promising young defensive midfielders. Doesn't it be sad to see one of them go or either of them not be playing in the starting eleven in that role? Um, so yeah, for that reason I'm about like, can you not find those players in other positions but that I mean that is the ideal position isn't it to have that that kind of player but would you not see just a quick question on that would you not because I've I find myself sort of fancying this more and more would you, would you not see Kamara slotting into that three man defence I think so yeah I've been thinking that a lot lately I think that maybe he if if he stays that maybe there's no point. I thought, what's the point in having three central defenders? You know, if you uh, 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 if you're not going to have ones that can push forward and play, um, so why not make the most of him because he can do that, you know, and drop back and be an extra defender as well. So yeah, it makes sense. And, and we need pace, which he you know he does yeah. have pace, and that's what we're lacking. The three centre backs are all are all tall, you know, man marking. 
um, ball-winning ball winning defenders, and neither of them are particularly good at anticipating or being yeah. able to track back and catch their man once they've lost him. So yeah, lack big, of pace. big lanky defenders isn't really the style necessarily that suits that system, is it? So your Choleta Sars types or not? So, so yeah, I don't see. I see. I, th- I think like we, Kamara c- could. Um, yeah, yeah. For me, that's probably the the future for him if he stays. Um, so, I think you know. Like, I'll probably move on because I'm just thinking about time. I wanted to talk a bit about transfers. Um, so, the. Uh, yeah, I said first the Tovan, didn't I? So, we should probably just start with him. Um, he has announced this week, just I think what the day or two before the Saint Etienne game, was announced Thursday. that he's. Yep. Yeah, okay, Thursday it was, was it? Um, so, it was announced that he's signing for Tigre. In Mexico, so he's joining Gignac, um, who left Marseille for Tigre on a free transfer as well, what, six years ago? Um, so yeah, so he's, he's leaving Marseille in a free, a free transfer, he's going to Tigre, he's been offered lots of money, um, Marseille did offer him a five-year deal, I believe, um, which was quite well-paid, I understand, but he's obviously got a better offer. Um which is, I think, a lot of people kind of felt that it was on the cards that he was going to leave. It's been maybe a bit of a surprise that he's going to Mexico at 20 years old at this stage of his career. I know his last two seasons haven't been his best, but in terms of age, he should be at his peak or uh, in his peak years now, even if you think he's maybe peaked a, um, a couple of years ago, two or three years ago maybe. But um, So it's, it's a bit of a surprise to see him make that move. Um Maybe one of the things as well that is more shocking about it is the way it was announced. So the club Tigre they posted a video um, with him and he's wearing his shirt. Um, and it, yeah, and I think I'll let some fans maybe just found that a little bit um, like a slap in the face right before the last few games of the season when we're fighting for a European spot that maybe he should, should have just sort of kept it quiet in terms of announcing it until officially, until the season was over um, is this a I mean I'll, I'll say my thoughts on it after you but I'm, you know, yeah just wanting to find out how you feel about this transfer at the moment there's, there's a lot to say I mean I remember a few months ago when we were talking about it and I, I, I sort of said I, I do feel a little bit sorry for him because had it not been COVID and had the financial impact that it's had on 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 some of the you know the clubs he was linked with, I I honestly think you know Milan or a Leicester or a Sevilla would have taken a punt on him on a free, um, and they would have been able to afford it and and you know paying pay him a nice a nice free agent bonus and 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 pay him a decent wage or sorry a better salary than he is on at Marseille because he, they get him on a free, so that's part of it. Um, but apparently those clubs were still in discussions with his agents. The, the, what, what, what the chronology seems to be is that Longoria started speaking to him early April again, saying, look, it, it's, it's becoming apparent that you're not getting the offers you want because you're still not announced you're going anywhere. Shall we sit down again? Here's our offer. It was slightly approved. Um, three-year deal, I think, that they were offering him. Um, Tovar stalled. Um, and apparently, I think they asked Sampoli, what was it, Thursday? Um, I, I can't remember why there was a press conference, but he, he did a press conference. 
Um, and he basically said, oh, well, I, I don't know, you have to ask the player or something. But it seemingly turns out that that Friday morning, Tovar had arrived at training and, and told Sampoli straight away, look, I've, I've, I've agreed to deal with Tigres. Um, you know, it will be announced later publicly, but it's, it's done, I'm off, you know, and he announced it to Longoria as well. And it's, it's like, okay, what can you do? You know, fair dues. You're not going to keep somebody and who, who, you know, who doesn't want to be there and you respect that they, it's football, they've got to go away and stuff. But but when you put all those things together, you put the last two seasons into context, it's probably the smartest, easiest move he could have made. Um, he's doubling his salary, so his, his net salary. Um, he's going to championship, you know, a league that's going to be it's, you know, it's nowhere near the physicality and, and demands and, and you know level of, of um, sort of professionalism and, and mental stress and stuff that, that the European leagues are. There's a lot less games, and part of me is looking at him thinking he's he's his ankles fucked, so he's never fully recovered from that, and he's lost pace. He's, he's lost his match sharpness and all he's got is his magic left foot. And he'll do very well there and good for him. And, and you know, he'll, he'll have a nice end to his career in Mexico, get paid five, you know, five million a year, sit on beaches, all of that. But it, it's a damning verdict on, on someone who's, who's, who's won the World Cup with France and who probably a lot of us, you know, even three or four years ago, we're thinking this guy's now going to be a regular in the French team. He's going to, he, and, and when he does leave us, it's going to be for 35 million, 40 million. Um, and, and a lot of people taking the piss the other day, you know, sort of retweeting the, the interview from Errol in 2017, where he says, I wouldn't even sell him for 80 million. And it's like, you know, what's what a fall from grace for someone who, who we saw and certainly himself had very high opinion of himself. Well, no. No, no one wanted you, so you ended up going. You know, you've run off to Mexico to have, you know, get get the payout, end your career on a high. You, you, he will have fun. He will probably win trophies out there and score goals, but it's, it's it feels like a mental cop out, which is you know what? Maybe I just don't fancy you know uh, going to a big club where I'm going to be told to train hard, where I'm going to have to step up, where I might sit on the bench if I don't perform. You know, I'd be very surprised if he's not the first name on the team sheet with Gignac out there every game. So that's it's fair dues, but it, but at the same time, you know, we, he, he the last two years have been uh, pretty much been a write-off, and it feels like he he left last summer. To be honest, he might as well have done because his, his stat, even though he scored, I think nine goals this season, got a few assists. He's just he's just been such a negative influence on our gameplay and our build-up and giving the ball away or trying to dribble too much. That he's been a hindrance this season, and he's pissed the fans off. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pissed off that he posed with the journey, the jersey and stuff. But it's semantics. He's gone. The season's over anyway. The players are quite clearly demonstrating that they feel the season's over. Yes, you know, you could argue put him in reserves or bench him or whatever. But you know, we've, do we have really have anyone better right now, or do you know, or or, or Sampoli's? You know, spent ten games trying to fit him into a certain mould to to serve the team in in a certain position, and it's like, well, it is what it is. It's done. We have to move on. Goodbye. Good luck. Thanks for the memories, but good riddance at the same time because you've become a, you've become a, a bad apple. Um, I would just say, like, firstly, is that yeah, hindsight again, blah blah blah. Um, 
It's all well and good saying we fucked up, we should have sold them for 80 million then, what a joke. Well, personally, I wouldn't have sold them at that time for any price. I, I thought that he was the best player in the squad. We were supposedly trying to build a team that was going to bring us back to a level that we've not been at for a long time. We don't sell them for any money. So, I, you know, I was pleased that the president was saying that at the time, that he wasn't wanting to sell them unless he gets an offer like that. But, uh, yeah, it turned out to be a bad choice, didn't it? Obviously but that's hindsight isn't it we can we can only <laughs> maybe some maybe yeah maybe a lot of people think think thought we should have sold them back then I didn't but um that's just my view um I feel that I mean I'm pretty disappointed about this and I've said it before I think with you guys and I think we did talk on a podcast some episodes ago about Minnie's future and I'd said at the time that I felt like his regression was maybe partly because of the fact that he never got that opportunity for the with the French national team. I sort of wonder whether if um, Deschamps had given him some more opportunities, whether or not we might have seen Tovan sort of believe in himself a bit more as a player um, and that he can take that step up. Um, so I don't know, but that, I mean that's just a, a theory of my own. But I'm, but yeah, I'm, I'm quite disappointed in this. Um, because, I mean, for me personally, I wanted him to stay, even though he's been disappointed this season that he doesn't, him and Pyatt don't seem to play particularly well together. It's either one or the other, isn't it? And they seem to do better when either one or the other's not there or um, or not playing so well. But I do feel that, I said in the last episode, I felt that it's a more withdrawn role. I don't think he was doing some nice things recently, but maybe he's not getting the glory. Um, but so, and I did feel that I wanted to see him maybe one more season in Marseille under San Pauli with some pre-season and you know fully understanding what his role is in the side um, because I think there is a quality player there and as much as he's very limited um, recently um, in the last few seasons is you know he's a bit of a one-trick pony. I think back to the Tovan that we remember in 2013 to 2014, 2000 and the season after that with Bielsa. Is there's a quality player there who has a lot to his game? Um, I was very excited about him when he first came. Um, right from the very start, I thought he was a fantastic talent. That was very uh, that was very acrimonious as well. The way he came, remember, he yeah, the yeah. and then we had to pay for him. Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, so yeah. I mean, there have always been questions about his attitude, hasn't there? Um, but yeah, the um, I always I, I do think that there's a lot to his game. I think he has got a diverse, um, I don't know, array of tricks and talents, but we don't see that. And I think he's morphed into a sort of um, one-dimensional player. But I think that under a good coach, perhaps we could see this or you know the talent that he has come out again but we're not going to get to see it um and i think um yeah so i would have liked to have seen him stay and also because i don't want to see a mass squad overhaul in the summer i think it's not great to especially when you don't have any money to have to bring in so this is another we were already talking about bringing in a backup right winger before because we don't have anyone else or a backup, um, you know, even before San Pauli, so another player to replace him when he's not there. We need someone to replace Pike because he's not got the legs anymore. So we already need a couple of players in attacking midfield positions. Whether or not Tovan stays, now that he goes, that's another player we've got to replace. 
um, possibly two players now there. Um, and we don't have any money because he goes in a free transfer, so it's not like we're recouping any cash from him. So that's not great. Um, and then this is the point that I'm most annoyed about, and I know lots of people don't agree with me about this. Um, I'm really just disappointed that he goes in a free transfer. I feel that for someone who claimed to love the club, um, you know, we brought him back here after a tough time. Um, he's always bloody kissing the badge, which just drives me mad when players do that. Um, and I just expect to see some loyalty. So I would, I just would have expect at the minimum to for him to sign a contract. Within agree, if he wants to leave, with an agree, club, give, make an agreement. Say, okay, if someone bids, you know, three, four, five million euros for you, we'll let you go. You know, some a small, a small, a small fee where, where he can move on if an offer comes in, and, but we get something back from him. I just expect that, and I know people saying, oh, what, what, what world do you live in? And this doesn't, ha- it does happen. It happens all the time, like literally all the time in football. Players sign new deals knowing they're going to leave in the summer. It happens all the time, everywhere. So this idea that that is an old-fashioned um, pipe dream is complete bollocks. It happens everywhere. I can't think of one example of. But that's such a long we've time. We've now ago. lost. We've now lost. Are you Gignac, Now Tovan, and it's right. When will you learn? Yeah. Over when and will o- when will the, the the people running the club learn? Over we and over and it. over again, we lose players on free transfers where we should be recouping money for them. We lose talented players. Whether or not Tovan is out of form, he's still a big name. He's, you know. Which is relatively well known in, in world football. Um, he should be getting commanding interest. At least fifteen, twenty million. Yeah. Exactly right. So um, it's 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 another failure from us. We were doing it under LeBrun. We were doing it under Ejo, um and here we are again. We're losing players that should be bankable on free transfers, um, and we're not learning. But yeah, I'm disappointed. I'm annoyed at the player. Actually, I just feel let down. I feel that like if he really did feel some attachment to the club um, which which I believe he's always made out that he was very happy there I just feel like he should have signed the deal maybe on less money but knowing that he was going to go in the summer and it would have helped the club move on um, and yeah and I don't think that's unrealistic. I think I just think it, I think it's pretty normal it happens all the time but it's not made a big thing maybe it doesn't happen at Marseille very often, but it does happen a lot of places. I think I think there was um, and he, he has referenced this. I think earlier in the season that there's, I think the, his link and his attachment to the club broke when um, last year. The, the story goes that Zubi Zubi went to Iran and said, "Oh, you know, I know I know Tomaz out injured, but you know, should we give him a new deal?" And uh, apparently, Iran said, "No, we don't. We don't. We don't give." Contracts to players who are injured, <laughs> and, and I think maybe that read, that read them up the wrong way, you know. Yeah. And, and that's, that that was the end of his, his, you know, his 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 sense of owing something to the club and all of that. And I think I think sadly a lot of that that crop of of historics like him, like Mandanda, have have felt very let down and betrayed by by Iro himself, who who's made a fool a mockery of the club and and. Probably, for all for all intents and purposes, is an absolute nasty piece of work to work with, and and maybe that that has you know maybe that has had an effect on 
their attachment to the club and, 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 and these gestures and sacrifices that maybe they would have considered. Well, you know, and, and I just think he's, he's copped out. You know, he didn't, he didn't fancy the hard work. Maybe working under San Paoli for 10 games and playing in this role, as you've said, maybe he just doesn't fancy it. Maybe that was, that was, you know, the final nail in the coffin and mentally for him thinking, you know what, I'm sick of sweating and, and, and really struggling and training and, you know, whatever. I, I, maybe after his injury and after winning the World Cup, he's having a bit of a, an Adil Rami where he's burned out mentally and he's just not, you know, he's not got the hunger. And no, no one's come along to, to, to light that fire. No big clubs come along and said, we want you to be our main man. And he's, he's probably, you know, you would, you would be fearful if you're him and knowing his attitude and the fact that, you know, sometimes he drops out. Um, you know, he, he has periods where he's not good. And in a big club, you'd be benched. <clears throat> and breaking back into the team once you've been benched at Milan is not, you know, it's very difficult to do. Or Leicester or teams like that. So it's a cop-out. But at the same time, you know, would, would, would I do differently in his position? Maybe not. You know, you'd take the easy solution, the money. And, and let's be fair, he's going to win trophies there. He's going to win probably, you know, they, they, they do play the Libertadores every, every few years. They'll win the National, the National League. They'll win the North American, um, you know, sort of equivalent of the Champions League. <clears throat> so, you know, be, best luck to him. Thanks for the memories. But sad it ended this way. I th- we're, fortunately, we're kind of running out of time. Actually, we're going past the hour, but um, we want, we're going to look at transfers. And I know, obviously, I'm happy. I'm happy. Sorry, signed the new contract. Um, yeah, well, Sakai's been announced. He's leaving as well today so for 1.5 million, going back to Japan. Uh, you know, again, just just on Sakai, been a, been a terrific servant at the club. We know, we know that he's limited. We know that you know we've all complained about him, but he's never you know he's always given a hundred percent effort. Thank you for for the memories, Leipzig, and you know thanks for um for for sort of bringing a bit of um exposure for for our club to to Japan. Yeah, I think everyone's probably in agreement that Sakai has been a great um. What cost for us? Very professional, but yeah, it's, it's time probably to end that, isn't it? He's, he's um, past his best. He's limited, and I think we need to move on. He doesn't really fit the system we play in now either. So yeah, good luck to him. But yeah, um, I'd, actually, I was just thinking about firstly wanted to look at the potential replacements for Tovan because we've seen since he's transfer to Tigre was announced that he, there is a couple of young players that we've been linked to for a while actually that reportedly have agreements that they want to join Marseille so nothing like with no fees agreed or anything but just a, like some sort of verbal agreements I guess with the players so one of them is um, this uh, Argentinian playmaker Tiago Almada or Vélez um, I don't really know if this is a, a, a seen as a Tovan replacement though because he's more of a kind of number 10 I think um, but can play he's a, he's a Payet replacement yeah <laughs> to me it seems more like a long term replacement for Payet but he's supposedly he's in agreement to come um, but he's probably going to be quite pricey what are your thoughts on him <laughs> yes please yeah, yeah. yeah yes please um, I like you know there's the Argentinian league with San Pauli Vélez the manager um, was Gabi Einzer for a while. Um, so, you know, he probably, they've probably spoken about Marseille. And 
Yes, yes, bring us some flair. Um, the thing is, he's, he's, he's been linked with, with quite a few bigger clubs as well. But when when you when when the stories break that he's found an agreement with the club on on you know the outlines of what a contract would look like and salary and stuff, that that leaves you a sort of short window of opportunity to to have that mini exclusivity while the buzz is there to to come to an agreement with his club. And so we need to do that. And and if we if if getting a replacement for Payet for long term. It, well, for long term, for sort of short, medium term, because he's the type of player. If he does well, we'd imagine we'd, we'd sell him from for big profit three or four years in. But yeah, if it's if it's ten, fifteen million, spend the money if we have it, because that is a position we need creativity in this team. We need players who 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 can dribble other players and can can shoot and can you know can can get assists because none of our current crop are doing that apart from Enrique. So yes, please bring him in. Yeah, he looks like a real talent, but um, I, I guess I mean there's some reservations is that he's young, he's coming from South America, so he's going to need time to adapt. He and we've seen that within Luis Enrique, um, but also just that I noticed looking at videos of him, he doesn't. He's quite small, and he doesn't look like he's got particularly a lot of pace. So yeah, I think that he'll need a bit of time to adapt to the French League if he does come but I'm, I'm feeling hopeful about this that he, he he is a player that we could actually bring in I feel like Longoria could pull that one off um, but the, yeah there's an, another player that's been linked to us um, for a while um, who looks more like a Tovan replacement and that is uh, Amin Adley from Toulouse so he's a kind of right winger forward type um he looks quite interesting. Would you think? Yeah, he's 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 the uh, standout star of League Two this season. So yeah, again, yes, please, because I think he's available on a free as well. Is he? Oh, I thought he wasn't. I didn't realise that. Yeah, well, that think, if he is, he is, then that's a no brainer. No? We were linked to him in January already, and and the rumour was Toulouse wanted. You know, they were being a bit greedy for him because you know if we wanted him early, we'd have to pay. But for all intents and purposes, it. You know, the, 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 I think the, uh, the 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 word on the grapevine is that the, the agreement's in place and it will be announced when the season's over that he's going to join. And well, again, yes, exciting. He's and he he looks like the, he does look like a, a, a like for like the one replacement. If you're saying though, he's um, I'm just looking on transfer market. It says contracts past 2022, so maybe um, not free then. But maybe it's not accurate. But but yeah, just um, I think if he was a free, I'm just thinking. I don't know if I'm buying this. I can see Leo or someone being all over this. You know, nick him for the la- in the last minute from his Leo Monaco, no doubt. Um, we're usually not smart enough in those ones. Um, but yeah, like he looks, he looks talented, doesn't he? Like he looks like he's got pace. Um, he looks like he can score goals. He's got good technique. Interesting. But one thing I would say is that these two players, they're young players. Then if you're losing guys like Tovan. Do you really want to replace them with young talents that have never played in League Am before? Um, that we don't know how quickly they're going to hit the ground running, even if they are very talented. That's a bit of a worry for me. I feel like these are players that you want as your backups. I feel like we kind of need if we if we have aspirations to be better than what we are currently, then we're going to need to bring in someone else. We're going to need to bring in probably someone with a bit of experience. Um, someone who who has played at a high level and that's obviously very tricky when you don't have any money. Um, I know that we've pulled off deals like Milik, for example. Um, so 
and we've had lots of loans in the last year, so maybe they will, we need to get someone else as well, um, like that, and that sort of form of deal, someone on loan. And I was just thinking, like, there's actually, like, I was thinking about it, I mean, who could we possibly get, you know, because I'm like, we have to bring in someone because I'm so annoyed that Tovan's gone. And there are, <laughs> there are players that, I, I, you know, I was thinking, well, what about, um, and they're probably not very realistic, but then who would have thought Milik? You know, would come to us. Um, mm. So, like, what about someone like? Um, and I don't know what he's up to these days. But whatever happened to um, Malcolm, right winger? Remember he's Bordeaux? At, uh, he's he in Russia, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Like, what's the Saint Petersburg? I think or Moscow. Yeah. How's he doing? You know, like, is, maybe. So, does... uh, well, if he's at Zenit, if, uh, Zenit won the league, so I don't know yeah. if he's it's... there or, or Moscow. I can't remember which of the two it is. He's at Zenit. I think it is Zenit. Yeah. But yeah, just I don't know, like these kind of that sort of caliber. I know maybe doesn't fit, maybe doesn't fit the system that we play, but that kind of caliber of player who um, has played at a high level, who's got quality, you know, that could replace someone like Tovan and the qualities that Tovan has. One of the guys that I really like, but I know it's not, it's probably not realistic. But then I think he doesn't play very much at his club, and when he does play, he's not playing particularly well. Um, it's just not really happening for him. Um, and I just sort of wonder whether he could be available on a loan. Is, is Lamar, Thomas Lamar? Just I, I don't know. I just think he's such a good player. Yeah, he's, he, he had a bit of a revival this season at Atletico, so maybe maybe he's finally finding his feet there. I don't know. I was um, and, I another there, one but... is um, and sadly I think we mentioned earlier that if he went there, he's been linked to Lyon. Is Jeremy Boga, who who yeah. is actually from Marseille? So of course, yeah, yeah. Just, so fifteen so the... million seems a bit of a stretch for us. Yeah, I think I, I think we quality players though. If we if we're going to replace Tovan, we we'll probably need someone on loan. I just don't see how we, we've got any money for transfers. Boga is someone who's clearly is going to command a fee right now. I don't think he's had as strong as the season as last year, but um, he's still um, his club is going to want money for him. But yeah, I just feel like I'd, I'd yeah, that's great, but I think we need someone else, someone who's going to so just come you're, in. You're, you're, you're basically saying that because we're losing someone of Tovan's supposed calibre, mm-hmm. you, you, you fancy a name to replace him. Exactly. And also someone who's just not yeah, going to need six months that, to yeah. adapt. You know, I feel like Adley or Almada... Tiago Mada might need six months or so to start. But look at Enrique, Luis Enrique. He's needed six yep. months to just actually be an option for us. Even he's still only a sub, and I feel like those those two players. That's what we'll get possibly from them, unless they turn out to be the next. I don't know, like who's an example? Like uh, um, you know, it's someone like Fela Mendy or Endombele who just goes straight from League Two into League One and is a monster. But I don't think. We can bank on that happening, you know. So it's, it's easier for attacking players than it is for defensive players. But um, I think he's a talent. But again, if imagine we don't get him and Lyon sign him or Lance or Monaco, and, and, he, and he, he completely, you know, put kicks on and becomes a real talent there, then we'll all be fuming. So I'd, I'd rather we get him and then maybe, you know, if we get him on a free or for cheap, and then we manage to get in someone else. And, and we can rotate them between both wings or whatever, then fair enough. But I'd, I'd rather have him than miss out on him, to be honest. Yeah, of course. Of, of course, absolutely. Yeah, and we do need to start buying smartly, something that we don't do. Um, okay, so I, I think um, we'll, we'll probably delve more into the Mercato in the next episodes anyway as the season comes to a close. And 
yeah, we kind of have more of an idea about what our future's looking like. But yeah, I think, I don't know if there's anything else you want to cover. Um, is anyone I've missed out? I think that's probably it. We've been quite a, lo- quite a long episode. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. There, there really isn't much else to cover apart that uh, we're into the final straight for the Vontem, apparently. So. Yeah, yeah, we're all in the countdown. <laughs> keep keep a look out. Yeah. 23rd of May is the date that's been announced by all these uh, all these alleged in-nodes and and informant. So um, yeah, keep your keep keep your ears open, people. To me, it just feels like it's just dead at the moment. So, but we'll see. I'm checking the dates regularly. I keep looking and going, mm, oh, it's, it's the 11th <laughs> of May. How many days is that? Twelve days to go. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll see. But I'm 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 not hopeful anymore. I've 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 lost the hope and and something happening. Yeah, it's starting to to fizzle, but. You never know. This is the last chance mentally for me, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so what we'll do, right, we'll probably have one more episode before, I would imagine, maybe at the end of the season, and then we can start thinking about our annual TMV awards as well, which is always my (laughs) favourite. Who the fuck are we going to give that to? <laughs> it's been such a bad season. Time to start thinking ahead. I think we're going to have to get creative, like comic relief and or, or you know the best. <laughs> the, the, I don't know. Yeah, the, the best mistake of the season or something. Some, we're going to have to get creative. Sadly. <laughs> well, I've got them all from last year. But anyway, um, we'll I'll, I'll leave it there. Um, and we'll yeah we'll catch up with you in a couple of weeks' time probably. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you.